the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We've been in Colossians now for a little while, all in the second chapter of Colossians. And as I have reminded you many times, that the whole emphasis of this letter is to draw the focus of the Colossians back into truth because they were being visited by heretics who were exploiting them and trying to teach them something contrary to the truth of God. In fact, their heresy was such that it would actually take away from who Christ is and teach them that these Christians needed to strive and to attain for something greater and bigger than what they'd received at salvation. You know, the work of the enemy doesn't change. It doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what the sin is or what the distraction is. It can even be religious exercise and ritual. But the desire of the enemy is to take our focus off Jesus. The desire of the enemy is to bring us into a religious relationship with God rather than an intimate one. Because in that we're vulnerable. You see, everything that God has given you, He's given you in the context of relationship with Himself. Not in a religious context, but in an intimate context. If we want life, we have to know life through Him. Through His participation, or more to the point, our participation in His life. And you see, the enemy knows that the strength, the joy, the absolute abundance of the Christian life is found in that relationship. So he will ever seek to marginalize it, ever seek to make it something other than what it really is. And he doesn't care whether you're distracted by the world or distracted by your religious pursuits, as long as you're distracted. And here is the issue with us, that we somehow believe that we can have a nominal relationship with God, or a congenial relationship with God, or a off and on relationship with God and still walk out in the world and live in this life and be unscathed by it. And that's a lie. It's a demonic lie. You see, as what's going to be brought out in these scriptures that we're about to read, 
that we either have the wisdom of God or we have distortion. We either have the clarity of Christ or we have deceit. We either have life or we simply survive in death. Those are our choices. There are no third choices. And this world is becoming an increasing revelation of the fact that there is no third choice. You know, the human condition craves relationship. I mean, everyone in here, regardless of how you might define yourself, would readily say that you're not suited for loneliness or even independence, despite what some may think. We even measure our lives by the lives of others. I know what success is in this world by those the world calls successful, and I know what happiness is in this world by those that the world would say are happy. I measure my life by what I see in other people, but we weren't intended to do that. The popularity of social networking has evidenced that a need for connection. You look on Facebook or even Twitter and you see people sharing their lives with the world. I mean, even the mundane functions of their daily living they share. Why? Because we feel the need to be connected, to be recognized in order to feel significance. Now, this is not a phenomenon. This is not something new to this age. This is how we were made. If you go back to the beginning, you see that we were created for Him. We were created to have relationship with Him, to have fellowship with Him, not to have a religious arrangement with Him, but to have an intimate relationship with Him. We're hardwired for it. We were made for that relationship that shares every moment with us and loves us in each moment. We were made for a union with a life that is infinitely stronger and wiser than us, that is to be the answer and the resource for each moment that we live. And if we don't have or live with that kind of relationship, then life is too much for us and we're easily overwhelmed and deceived. We find ourselves searching for a safe place to live and to love. And we find ourselves moving in and out of relationships that we hoped would deliver us. That is the human condition, apart from the one relationship that God literally made us for. Listen, we were made for God, and if we try to live any other way, we're basically like a plant without a root. We're unable to draw life from anything. Surviving while slowly dying. That's the reality of a man who tries to live even with a marginal relationship with God. I'm not just talking about the lost man. Surely the lost man doesn't know what life is. But for the Christian, when he receives Christ, when he receives his, his salvation, when he receives his life within him, the initial joy and satisfaction, the initial sense that you have arrived overwhelms you and you say, Oh, praise God, this is it, this is it. But you know what? The world just tells you, you've got heaven. And there's not enough emphasis to tell you that you got life. Because heaven one day is not enough. And we walk away, hundreds and thousands of Christians walk away with the assurance of heaven one day 
and church in between, but not recognizing that they were made for something so much better. That they literally need something so much greater. That they were born to live in a relationship that will not be broken by betrayal. That will not be set aside by rejection. But a relationship that is intimate and indissolvable. A relationship that is to last us the whole of eternity. It's what we were born for. God created us to live in union with Him through Christ. To live as a branch on the vine. In Colossians, Paul is reminding the Colossians to live out of their union with Christ as their source and their nurture. It's everything they need to escape the distortion and the deception. It's everything that they need to keep them from being enslaved and literally poisoned by the wisdom of men. You see, what Paul doesn't do, which is really interesting, because it's what we do in modern Christianity, is Paul doesn't give them a complete study of why all this heresy is wrong. He doesn't spend time trying to educate them on the heresy. What he does is he reminds them that everything that they need is born out of that relationship with Christ himself. That it's in Christ that they will escape distortion and deception. You see, it's in the relationship. You know, I know that a lot of my sermons, probably all of my sermons, revolve around this central truth, that Jesus is life and nothing else is. And you know what? That's not by accident. The bottom line is this. I don't care where you're living or what you're doing with your life. If you're not walking in the reality of your union with Christ, if you're not living day to day, moment by moment, seeking to live out of that union, recognizing the intimacy that you have with Him, if you're not living in that, you're being deceived. You have distortion in your life. You're allowing things to have preeminence in your thinking, in your soul, your mind, will, and emotion that aren't based in truth. Because there's only one resource of truth, there's only one resource of wisdom, and it's Christ. It's nothing else. Paul's greatest combat or defense against heresy is the truth of Christ. Now I want you to to read with me again. I'm going to read to you our text, and my intention is to get us through verse 8. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. For I want you to know how great is my solicitude for you. This is Paul writing down as the Holy Spirit is dictating. For I want you to know how great is my solicitude for you, speaking of the Colossians, how severe an inward struggle I'm engaged in for you, and for those believers at Laodicea who, and for all who, like yourselves, have never seen my face, and know me personally. For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged as they are knit together in love, that they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessing and assured conviction of understanding, and that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly the mystic secret of God, which is Christ, the Anointed One. In Him, that is Christ, 
all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. I say this in order that no one may mislead and delude you by plausible and persuasive and attractive arguments and beguiling speech. For though I am away from you in body, yet I am with you in spirit, delighted at the sight of your standing shoulder to shoulder in such orderly array, and the firmness and the solid front and steadfastness of your faith in Christ, that leaning of the entire human personality on him in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness." having the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in Him, fixed and founded in Him, being continually built up in Him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. See to it that no one carries you off as spoil or makes you yourselves captive in his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah. We walked through this last week, but Paul says in verse 6, you are to walk. And remember, that is to continually, to live continually. When he speaks of walk, he's speaking of living. The action of living continually out of your union with Christ. Then Paul seeks to make it clear what it means to walk in that union, and he does it by virtue of verse 7. In order to walk and to live in that union, look at what he says in verse 7. He says, have your roots, the roots of your being, who you are, firmly planted in Him. Not in this world, not in the ideas and the concepts of this world, not in what this world can bring you, but where? In Him, in Him alone. Now, I know we we went through verse 7 last week, but it's important that you as a Christian confirm, as in verse 6, or align your soul with the reality of your union with Christ. If you don't grasp this, if you don't make this your own, if you don't own the truth of your union with Christ, that is that inseparable union of your spirit with His, that is to be the source, the basis, and the center of your life. As a Christian, if you will not readily receive and accept this truth by faith, then you will walk in deception. You will find yourself constantly fighting this world and its ideas and its wisdom and embracing it here and rejecting it there. You will live on a roller coaster ride. Christ has given you a life that's so much better than that. And it's lived out of union with Him. To be a Christian is to be in union with Christ. And it is in Him that we have life. It is in Him that we are nurtured in truth, protected. And it is in Him we expand in who we are and find significance. We are to have our roots, that is, the roots of our being. That is, the receptors of life and nurture 
They're to be planted in Him so that we grow and we're built up in the truth by faith. As I grow out of that life and as you grow out of that life, you'll begin to see the wisdom of humility, the joy of loving an enemy, the security of living like a sparrow. As I grow, I'm affirmed in that love. I have a relationship that will never be separated by betrayal or rejection. Hebrews 13.5 says this, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God, himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Does he sound a little passionate about that? That's our Father speaking through the Holy Spirit. That is the truth. And if you see what he says in the beginning of the verse, he says, don't be distracted. Don't have greed, the lust for money and for the things of this world. He's basically saying this. Don't you see that I am so much better than these things? That I have for you all that you need in my life? Don't you see that I am your nurture? I am your protection? I am your provision? I am all that you need? Can you let go of this world and trust me fully and wholly? If you will, I will not. I will not. I will not let go of you. I will hold you, keep you to myself. Here's the truth of the covenant of God. We've talked about the covenant many times. But the covenant of God is not dependent upon you. What God is saying in the covenant is that this is who I am. And this is who I'll be, regardless of what you do. Now, the reality of the Christian life, the joy... The fulfillment of living in the Christian life is resting in the truth that we have a God who will not fail us. Who wants to be intimate with us. He doesn't want us to walk around like we have a life insurance policy in our pocket. Like we have enough money to protect us from all ills. Like we have some security in this world and we can live in a passive relationship with Him. That's not what He designed for us. What He is saying is that I am your everything and I want to be your everything. Don't you see that I want you? Don't you see that you're held together by me? Don't you see that I have you in my hand? Don't you see that you have nothing to fear? Why would you throw away the truth to embrace the lies of this world that somehow life would be better when you had the money, when you had the relationship, when you had the education, when you got what you wanted? Why would you throw it away? Don't you see what I have for you? That's your Father. And you know what? Here's the truth. God will always be God regardless of what you do. His determination to love and keep you as His child does not change. 
I learned this lesson in the lives of my own children. And I've said it before. You know, my children are not perfect. And they haven't always been loving. And they haven't always been grateful. And they haven't always been obedient. But that doesn't change who I am. I am their father. And I will always be their father. And all that defines who I am, I will be. My wife and I are held in the covenant of marriage. And it is God himself that keeps us. And I'm not always the perfect husband. And she's not always the perfect wife. But I know this. I am determined, regardless of what my wife does or says, I am going to be her husband. And I'm going to love her. And I'm going to cherish her. And I can only do it because God has said to me, I am God and I will be your God. That's what empowers life. That's what life is. Life is Christ. It's nothing else. We look around us in this temporal world and we think, oh, life must be in that. And and the world says life must be in that. And the world says life must be in that. And we are deceived because we look away from the true source of who we are. We are in Christ, in Him, in Him, in Him. Paul says, let your roots sink deep. Live out of the truth. Let's look at verse 8 again. It says, See to it that no one carries you off as spoils or makes you yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah see to it whose responsibility is it whose responsibility is it to keep truth in the soul it's yours it's yours you may find that a little overwhelming but Paul has just told you in verse 7 how that's done live in the reality of your union and let life be all about him When it becomes all about you, all about what you're going to get out of life, all about what somebody else is doing, all about what somebody else is giving. I mean, when you look at some of the stuff we see in this this interactive connection that we have through Facebook and everything, what you see is people that are absolutely desperate to make their lives all about something. But when it becomes all about anything other than Jesus, it's not life at all. It's us trying to prop up some kind of lie and nurse it to life and it never comes to fruition. Because if you had everything you dreamed in this moment, it wouldn't be life to you unless it was Jesus. Verse 7 is both the prevention and the cure. We are vulnerable at any time when we make something other than Jesus the focus. It's a command, not a suggestion. It implies an active choice, an ongoing determination. And Paul's using military imagery to clearly show you that the enemy's aggression against the soul is constant for the child of God. It is said that most people who are now members of cults were at one time associated with the Christian church. 
Ephesians 4.14 says, So then, we may no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering in every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery in inventing errors to mislead. I hate to say it, but there are a lot of seasick Christians out there being tossed about because they believed that Christian life was heaven one day and church in between. The truth is that when we're deceived, we believe that we must add something to our lives. The enemy has not changed his tactics since the garden. Do you remember what happened in the garden? Was there anything really that they needed? Adam and Eve? They did not know of their need. Who made them aware of a need? The enemy. He said, you must add to your life in order to have life. You must bring this into the relationship. When we become convinced that we need to add something, when we don't live out of the life that we have, when we allow the enemy to convince us that we need more than Christ, when we become convinced by our failures that this world has something that we need other than Jesus, we make life very complicated, don't we? Doesn't it become complicated? But if we are living in the truth of our relationship with Him, if Jesus is the goal and the purpose of our life, we have no need for those things. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.